Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning. Uh, where shall I start? It's a case of um, life in 20 minutes. A whole life in 20 minutes. Well, how about starting with the name? Uh, my name is, uh, I hardly ever use. My first name is called Abdul. And Abdul means the humble person or servant or whatever. And uh, of course, I hardly ever use this. I was used to be called Karim. And uh, recently I was in hospital uh, in the waiting room and obviously the nurse came, when my turn came about, she called Abdul. I ignored it. She called again, Abdul. I ignored that as well. She said, then she said, Abdul Uda. Oh, that's me. I looked around. Yeah, that's me. And that's really what you have to bear in mind. I was named as Abdul Karim, and of course the name was after my uncle, who was my mum's brother. And in 1998, went to a country called Syria. Probably heard about it. This is where I come from. My wife was with me, and the two children were at the time. And of course, the poor old uncle was blind. He couldn't see a thing. So he, he said, let me touch you. It's just like Jacob when he touched uh, his son Joseph. And he put his hand around my face and said, yeah, that's you. I felt a little bit sad, to be quite honest. Here's a great man, great guy, whom I named after, was blind. He couldn't see a thing in the world. And he was my mother brother. Now, my poor mother was dead, unfortunately. It passed away. And um, she had the burden of bringing up a family, because the woman down that part of the world they do have a role to play in bringing up the family, putting it together. And of course, she used to get pregnant once a year. Every nine months there was a child. And she was uh, pregnant 13 times. Out of these 13, only four survived. Myself and my brothers, three of them. Older than me, I was the youngest of that lot. So in a way, it was a, a quite a burden on her, but she was a great economical mastery of every aspect of life. She used to buy one thing, and one thing alone. And that thing is like a sh one shirt for four boys, used to, from the older to the younger. And I, of course, being the youngest, I used to inherit a shirt has been worn four times, either me. And of course, I didn't mind that at all because life was warm and the actual weather was quite hot, so it was okay. But what I didn't like was the shoes. The shoes that used to be basically passed on from one to another. And once I got these shoes, they were quite terribly tight. 
until now, even now, nowadays, I suffer from my my big toenail in growing into the actual toe, and that's really the the, the actual uh, result of being wearing shoes that was really which is for somebody else, not mine. Anyhow, uh, with us for in 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 in, in uh, that 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 unit, uh, I was the youngest, obviously, and they put together a good a plan. My three brothers, my mum and dad, and they were trying to give me a bit of education. Education was a, obviously costly affair, like nowadays, and you have to pay for it to be educated. So I've been bright enough to, 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 to uh, uh, be recognized as such in the village. Even the, the, the mothers of, of, of uh, 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 soldiers who were at the, 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 the military service used to invite me to come and read their letters for them and write their letters back. It was really great. I used to get paid for it and it wasn't really money, it was eggs. And I used to go home with my pocket full of eggs. And although I'd need someone to just slap me on, on the side, <laughs> but it didn't happen, thankfully. And so I went with these eggs into my home. Uh, so my brothers began to realize that I'm really bright enough. So they coupled together with my dad and mom and put together a, a money of sort uh, for my education. Now, I felt I owe it to them, you know, I couldn't possibly let them down. So, uh, anyhow, uh, to cut a long story short, uh, I, I got a good marks, and, and some of it was actually, I went through a sixth subject, and each subject had a 100% mark on it, and I got 588 out of 600, which is really wonderful for the whole country was absolutely amazing. So the government at the time was a, uh, looking at bright people to give them a, what you call a scholarship to go to university. And myself and the one who got 600, called Abdul Razak, uh, so both of us went to the University of Damascus. So it was a, an amazing transformation from a village uh, background where dusty feet and, and, and dirt and the rest of it to a big city and not only a big city but also big university as well. So anyhow, uh, I was studying to be a lawyer and that's, well, I thought, you know, that is one way of paying back to these unfortunate people who have supported me and encouraged me throughout. However, one day we were in the middle of lunch and there was a delegation of military high-ranking officers. And they were on a, what you call a mission. A mission to select few people to send to the, what was the former Soviet Union to train to use weaponry that is being acquired fresh in that country. And they used to point out the fingers that you stand here, you stand there, you stand there, and we end up you know, what was it all about? We haven't got a clue what's going on. And then they said, that lot going to the Air Force, this is going to the Navy, this is going to this, and that, and that, so on. So, you know, we ended up, basically, education annihilated on, 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 on its head. Uh, 
we had nothing but to follow the orders that we had given. They say, give me what, six days to go to your own hometown, to your village, to tell your mom and dad, pack up whatever you can, and you report to this place. And we did, actually, as we were told, there's no, no other option. So we ended up at the end of the day flying for the first time to Moscow, and there I was very indoctrinated in communism, and I didn't believe there was a God, and I didn't believe anything of the sort. It was a wonderful period of my life as far as I, when I was that, that young. Uh, anyway, it was a MiG uh, fighter, MiG-15, I was being trained on it, and it was 11 months of the best period of my life. It was absolutely wonderful because we are so enthusiastic. We want to defend our country, we want to be flying jet fighter bombers and the rest of it. And anyway, after about 11 months of that training, I was called to the man or the, the, the officer who was in charge of the uh, 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 Syrian contingent. And his uh, response to me, or his actually uh, instruction to me, was to pack up and go back to Syria. So what for? So I can, I'm not at liberty to tell you. You have to go back. So anyway, we uh, packed up and had no other option but to follow instruction. And when I was in Damascus, landed, I was arrested. Why? What for? What's going on? Apparently, there was an attempted military coup. And the guy that who has led the coup, his surname corresponds with mine. It's just like, you know, if you have a, a smith in this country... Uh, aiming a shot at the Prime Minister and every Smith in the land being rounded up and accused of being party to that plot. We didn't even know the guy. We haven't got a clue who he was. But nevertheless, that was the beginning of my story. So anyway, uh, of course, they had me for six months in, in jail. Uh, They've been asking me all sorts of questions and I keep denying any aspect of it, eventually they realize that we don't have anything to do with what's going on, so therefore they let us free. And of course, there's no way to come back to university to complete, and no way to come back to the Air Force to finish your uh, learning. And anyway, the only option left for me was, of course, in that period, during that period, my mother passed away. I never lived to see her. I went to Lebanon, which is adjacent to Syria, and there I was. I was brought in in a hospital, and one day there was a group of English nurses who went to see the, 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 the refugee camp of Palestine, and uh, they ended up doing a bit of work here and there just to make ends meet. And one of these nurses was called Eileen. <coughs> She ended up working in, in the hospital. I got to know the, the, the girl and I fell in love with her. I followed her on a 30-day visa, a visit allegedly. Uh, over 50 years later, I'm still here. So whatever you do, don't tell anybody about me. I'm still, still hiding. Uh, no, I'm only joking. Uh, we managed to actually uh, marry 
and uh, had a couple of girls growing up. And sadly, Eileen had, was diagnosed with uh, cancer of the breast, and she passed away. So I ended up as a person who is really looking after two teenage girls, which is really quite a handful. So I went, uh, Eileen was a Christian, obviously, so I was going to a, a church called King's Road, which is we just have uh, sold out. And naturally, these people were absolutely fantastic during her illness. They were coming to give us all sorts of help and support, and especially Anne Osborne down here, I would like to mention you and thank you for that. So one day I thought, I better go and say thank you to these people, these wonderful people. I thought just about one off visit. I'd have no God, although I was born into a Muslim family, but I've never ever followed the faith. Last Sunday become a regular habit. Every morning I wake up and go to this church, just for the fun of it. But you know, I didn't know anything about it. I've been led. Eventually, I think it was the 11th of November, 1984, the Day of Remembrance. There was a special day in my life, and of course, what happened to me afterwards. It was it's just like as if the God's spirit fell on that place on that day. And there was a chap called Derek Halbert. Uh, he was praying for me, and I was really touched. I couldn't possibly describe it. So on the way out, there was a lady with a beautiful little face. She was a small, tiny little person, and she said to me, "Smile as if you got the Lord in your heart." said, yes, I do. And throughout that day, I was doing, we used to live in Cherry Tree Avenue, which is not far from uh, where we are here at the moment, in Hazemir. And until the evening, I see nothing but that face saying to me, it looks like as if you got the Lord in your heart. And I, the answer keeps saying, yes, I do. Well, anyway, the following morning, I used to work for the railway, the British Rail. I was a guard at the time. So I worked in 520 train from Hazelmere, uh, from Guildford, rather, to London Waterloo, and stopped on the way. It was an eventful day. But one, that particular morning, uh, you remember the Bible uh, scriptures and, and, and the, the posters that used to uh, put on the stations and so on and so forth. I opened the car, uh, the, the actual van door, and there it was, facing me. And the verse that spoke to me that morning was actually from Matthew uh, number 9, verse... I'm going to put the glasses on, that shows you what you're getting, you're getting a little bit old. And the verse says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It was me, just me in that, in that place. In that, uh, it was talking to me. It was an invitation I could never possibly turn down. So I fell in my knees, on my knees in the band, and I said, Lord, if it's true that you are talking to me, you are the really, real God. And I follow you. 
Yeah, so the following Sunday I went to Tom, Tom Carter, who was the leader of the church at the time, and he said to me, you better stand up on Sunday and tell the people what you think. I said, is that it? So he said, that's it. There's nothing to it. Well, I said, that's impossible. There has to be there's a little bit more to it. He said, no, 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 that's all. What you have to do is just confess your sin and tell the world that you are a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said to him, well, that's definitely not true because I know, because I, I read about, for example, the Jews, uh, if you are to be confirmed as a Jew, you have to be one of a, a what you call a Jewish womb. And they used to burn a candle, the rabbi working out the, 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 the identity of individuals to see whether you are or you are not. And I, this is what, my, what was in my head. And he said, no, 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 definitely. All what you have to do is just to stand up the front and confess your sin. Well, this is I did. And that was nearly what, as 35 years later, I'm still here. I live to tell the tale. And to be quite honest, the world never been better because I, ever since then I went to hospital and met my future wife, Marian. Uh, we got married and we got two girls since then. And to be quite honest, uh, life has been amazing. I know a lot of you guys down here and some of you I don't, but I do apologize and think I was with a Chris recently in in in, in uh, Chichester, we were telling about the fact that it's a tragedy that we, we don't know each other. I finished occasionally and just disappeared quickly, not because I, I don't like your company, but it's just a case of uh, I feel I don't know anybody, and that's really the, the tragedy of it all. But otherwise. It's been an amazing journey, an amazing God that we have and follow. And that's really what I have to share with you today. My, um, I mean, you can't sum up a whole life story in a few minutes, but nevertheless, it's been a quite a journey from non-believer to someone who believed and only due to a verse of scripture that spoke to me on the morning when I need it most.